0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Live and Lily with Angela. Um, I'm recording this Sunday, March thirteenth, and it will be going up on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what number the day is. Um, so I've been learning a lot, just filling my brain with so many different types of content. It's been almost driving me insane, but um that's kind of what I do when I'm stressed. I learn <laughs> try to find uh solutions to, you know, my problems and stuff. And uh I just so I just finished watching like this fifth estate uh episode about the Canadian um rental prices and the housing market and how it's completely fucked. And uh it just it got me thinking back to uh I think it was, like, one of those, like, Reddit things, like, on Instagram, where it's, like, uh, slides of, you know, different topics, and so I, a little bit about me, in that sense, is I, myself, when I first turned 19 and I aged out of the foster care system, because the people who chose to adopt me threw me back into foster care for my last year, and what's it called sorry this is just kind of a stressful topic and so I went into home share and literally out of all the home shares I was in there was literally only one that was decent and I was in three I'm pretty sure and um just all around bad experiences um it literally felt like adult foster homes um I'm out of that now, like, I'm on my own, but, uh, yeah, I had some really, really shitty experiences with some really shitty people that shouldn't be doing that, um, like, I'm on disability myself, and, you know, uh, my trauma's been very debilitating, and, you know, like, I I have, like, I was born with fetal alcohol syndrome, ARND, alcohol-related neurological disorder. I've kind of accepted that those are things that, like, I can't just, like, heal away from my trauma, which I do believe a lot of, um, my other diagnosis is just responses to my trauma, and I've made groundbreaking on that, but, so, um, like, growing up in the foster care system, too, once I became adopted, the people who adopted me basically told me that, um, All the people who fostered me were just doing it for money. Even though my mom who passed away, who was my foster mom, she wasn't doing it for money. She was actually wanting to adopt us um, and almost completed it before she passed. But um, yeah, so like I said, I don't know exactly like what context this post was placed in. But it was basically someone complaining about the fact that they did, were a home share provider. And they were only getting paid $716 a month for, like, providing toiletries and all this stuff. And I saw that and I was like, wow. Like, you know, it just really pissed me off. Because if you, like, (laughs) like you're choosing to do that, you know. So... Now, you obviously are fucking taking out how you feel about that on the people in your care. And there's a lot of vulnerable people that go into those types of situations. And it just freaking pisses me off, you know? It's just like with foster care. I've had some pretty fucked up foster parents, you know? And if you're looking at it like it's a job and it's going to make you money, then that's completely fucked and you should not be doing it. Because you are... Impacting that person So much And you're just a disgusting human being In my mind You know Like (laughs) It's so fucked Like also having kids You know Like I understand some situations You know having a child is Um Maybe not Your choice or whatever But like even for me Like I don't wanna have kids until I have a stable foundation, until I've worked through my mental health, because I had a mother, the woman who gave birth to me, that didn't do that, and she literally abandoned me in this world, and then literally let the rest of the world try to pick me up, and a lot of those people just were using me, um, whether it was for money, profit, sexual gain, whatever, you know, and that's not fair that was never fair to me, you know, or to any other child that goes through that. And I used to feel sorry for my mom because she told me that my dad raped her, but I don't, I don't feel sorry anymore. Like I've been raped so many times in my life. Um. I've had a few pregnancy scares myself. You know, I had a miscarriage in the beginning of 2021 I didn't even know, um, because I was in, like, kind of denial about it, um, because it was still the early stages, and then I literally found out the day before I miscarried, and, uh, like, I actually saw the baby and everything, and, like, you know, like, the little, um, yeah, just, but, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's pretty fucked, you know, like, in. Ever since that, as much as I want a kid so badly, like, I just can't wait to be a mom. You know, I've always wanted to be a mom since before I was even physically able to be. And, you know, it's always been something I've wanted, but as I've grown older, I've really, you know, I'm so glad that I'm older now and I still haven't had a kid yet because there's so much that I didn't know at any age before that I do now, and, um... I just think it's really ridiculous, like, and especially people that, like, abandon their kids, you know what I mean? Because that's just fucked up, too, because, you know, you made the choice, like, yes, the female makes the choice if she keeps the kid or not, but the male also takes part in that by engaging in that sexual act, you know? There's male birth control or whatever, like, if you make that decision... It is up to you, as a human being, who made that choice to, like, look after that. There's consequences to every action. And it is just so stupid. Like, I mean, I totally understand, like, if you're in an abusive situation and you need need to flee for your child's safety. But make sure you have support. Like, don't abandon that kid, you know? Like, like you brought that kid into the world, you know, that's a burden that you chose to have and you chose to follow through with. And being that burden, going through that in my own life, it has fucked up my life in so many ways. Like, there's two points in my life now that I look at, and I wonder if my life could have been different, you know? But I haven't gone back to the original point, and going through this healing and really just accepting that it, none of this was my fault, like, you know, <laughs> I have, for the majority of the trauma I've endured, I was under the age of 19, like I'm 24, you know, and uh, it's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting, and it is such a huge problem, and then people wonder why these younger generations are so angry, or they want change, or they basically say, fuck you, because, sadly, it's become more and more common, or at least more known, you know, the shit that happens to these kids, to me, as a kid, and... You know, now we have a space to talk about it. You know, now we have the internet to communicate with other people that have gone through it and we know we're not alone. And now we can turn around and actually see where it started and we can actually see who made those choices. You know, I will always be grateful for the chance to live my life and be here. But me being Thankful for the fact I'm here doesn't discredit the choices that they made. Both the people who brought me into this world, both the biological father and both the biological mother, they should both be equally held responsible for the actions that they caused and for the ripple effect it had on my life. You know, I I used to make excuses for people. I used to be like, oh, they were at this point in time or they were at that point in time and I get it. But you need to own up for your actions and the consequences. Because it's not my burden to carry. It's not it's not my burden, you know, like I felt so much shame and guilt. For so long, for not only the actions of others that have inflicted severe trauma on me, but also my sister because she went through it with me too. So it wasn't just me that they hurt. Well, my sister has a different dad, but still, you know, like, (laughs) I swear we live in a society where like fucking people don't make it work anymore. People don't actually give a shit, you know? Like, they're not thinking of the impacts that they have on those children that they're bringing to the world. Like, I'm going to lay some really hard truth down, and I don't care if you hate me. But there's so many people I've met, especially throughout my life, that should not be having children or should be working on themselves more, you know? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I fully understand how fucked up this world is I understand all the different types of demons and fucking shitty people and shitty circumstances like I I've been there maybe I haven't been through everything but I've been through enough to know how shitty it is and how much you can like crawl up inside yourself and die repeatedly over and over again and have no way out you know but at the end of the day. Like, even through all that, I've still made a choice. You know, I made the choice to learn about myself, to better myself, not only for my future children, but for myself and my future partner. You know, be the change you want to see. If you had fucked up parents who fucked you up and dropped you in this fucking (laughs) hellhole of a world, make it fucking better. If you have kids right now, fucking work hard, man. Because... Especially if you have children, it's not just about you anymore. You made the decision to bring this child into the world, and it is your obligation and your duty for that choice to now take care of them and to now teach them and guide them and lead by example and, God damn it, fucking fix your mental health. You know, like, it's okay if, like, you know, like, I'm not, like talking about, like, mental health and the sense of, like, anxiety or depression, you know, I'm talking about the people that are walking around with their egos so fucking busted up their asses that they're being assholes to people and they're being assholes to their children and they're replicating that assholage down the line because they're too afraid to look at their own shit and to own up to what kind of person they are, you know, like you know, I wasn't always a perfect person, I wasn't always, you know, in the best way that I wanted to be, you know, I didn't always fully understand things, and, you know, I was learning how to interact with new people, and, you know, but there's a difference between learning, and a difference between knowing you're being a bad person, and continuing to do it, and then, like, getting kind of a high off that, and then, teaching that to your kids, and then you get even more of it, or, like, the people that are, like, so obsessed with living vicariously through their children, or what, Munchausen by proxy, like, all this stuff, like, these are your children, you know, you made that decision to bring them here, and maybe it's just because you don't see what you're truly looking through, the mirror with and who is actually looking back at you you know I I pray so much that there is a point in your life where you have dreamed of a better life of being a better person of being kind and understanding and empathetic and you want to you know have your child have the best possible outcome Not just material-wise, but also emotional-wise, you know, like, (laughs) I just, I mean, like I said, I only speak from experience, this is exactly how it felt towards my birth parents, and this is exactly, you know, like, I'm 24, my birth mother still hasn't gotten her shit together for 24 years and even just as of two years ago like I still felt like the parent sometimes you know and the thing is like it's just it's so shameful you know and then for me too because out of the three of us, I look most like my birth mother. And so I have to look at myself in the mirror every day. And I see her in me. And then I criticize myself so much. Because I'm terrified that I'm going to turn into the person she was. And that I'm going to make the same mistake she did, you know? Like, 24 years is a long fucking time. I know we barely talked because, you know, you weren't allowed to talk to me. But, you know, I've been, I've turned 19 in 2016, you know? Like, that was 2016 or 19, 24, I'll be 25 next month. So that's six years. You know, in those six years, she could have maybe gotten help or really looked in the mirror and seen the way she treats me, you know? And on my fucking birthday, you know? That's another can of worms, but, you know, all I really wanted was to have a family, you know? All I wanted was to have a family that kept me safe, you know, that would protect me from people who would rape me, abuse me, that would teach me how to stand on my own two feet, how to learn about money, or business, or how to interact with people, how to deal with bullies, how to deal with sexual predators, how to deal with all this stuff, how to live on your own. You know, all of that stuff I never had. But what I did have was I had replacement teachers. But the thing was, instead of being protected from being raped and bullied and harassed and all this other stuff, that's how I learned how to deal with it. That's how I learned how to keep myself safe from it. Was experiencing it so much that I finally learned what to look for. And then... Because of the trauma in relationships you can get into... I was in a very, very, very toxic relationship. He would literally lock me inside of his room. And he would break me mentally down so much that I would literally be just laying there and like I had have my eyes open but like there was like a large staircase up and out my eyes you know he literally one time came in and it was after I can't remember what happened before that but I just I was down at the bottom of that staircase and he just started lifting up my arms and they would just drop you know, I was completely limp I was so far removed from my body that um, I could barely even feel anything and you know what he he told me that I was his doll that he enjoyed the, whatever and then he proceeded to rape me <laughs> you know, and what would happen is I would get so far removed, and then all of a sudden, there'd be this part of me that would just like you know like one of those pilot lights that you just like click on, just like that tiny little light. Well, something would happen eventually. I don't know what it was, but it all of a sudden this little light turned on. Hold on one second, I just wanna close the door a little bit more, I guess. Okay, that's a lot better. Sorry, that's just the truck outside. Kinda oh, helps break up um, the energy from that. But the moral of the story is, if you bring a child into this world It is your moral and biological, um, I'm not sure the right word to use, responsibility to take care of that child. Because if you don't do that, and you don't protect that child, and you don't teach that child, there are going to be people that come into you that, that child's life where they will learn those lessons. It's just... They most likely won't learn them in a safe environment, you know, like being a part of the foster care system. Luckily, my mom who passed away, that's why I call her basically my mom, and she started fostering me when I was maybe a year, year or two, and my sister is 16 months younger than me. And I mean, don't get me wrong, some stuff happened, you know, she didn't know what was going on, and when she found out, and she walked in, she handled it immediately. But, then again, something else happened, when... She had a boyfriend in Denver, Colorado. And I remember that plane trip because it was the only plane trip that I wasn't anxious on. I wasn't scared of flying. And it was like, I think you could, I don't know if you could still smoke on the airplanes. But like, you know, like it had those like old like fuzzy carpet seats and stuff. It was pretty funny. Like just compared to my more modern day flying. Um. But you know, I have a memory from there with him. You know, and I don't know if my mom found out. I kind of think she might have. But, you know, like, (sighs) she did the best she could, you know, and she tried to give me a normal life, and, I mean, it wasn't perfect, and I try not to think about the life, what my life would have looked like if she was still here, because I can't go back in time. But I will say she's one of two people from my childhood that loved me so much and treated me with kindness and respect and opened my mind to the possibilities around me and she could understand me. And the other one was my great-grandfather. Now he is my biological great-grandfather. Um, so that was nice. And I, my great-grandmother as well um I, th- she passed away and then he passed away uh she passed away i'm pretty sure before my mom died and he passed away um uh just a few years ago and you know like having the two people that i remember experiencing the most love from and like they were, even though, like, you know, they're not together, of course, like, I don't want it to come off that way, it's just, my great-grandfather, he, he was an amazing man, like, you knew you weren't in trouble when he was trying to teach you about, you know, you did something wrong, but it wasn't like, oh, you're a bad child, you know, it was like, he would speak calmly, and I think he would try to like teach me like i know the more the way it made me feel like more than what he actually said um but he made me feel like i wasn't in trouble but it was just you know something i could learn from and it was okay you know it was okay to make mistakes as long as i learned and he was just i always felt so happy and safe and with him he used to play tag with me and my sister running around the house (laughs) when he was pretty old so you know he had a heart of gold and when my mom died, he wasn't in my life anymore. And then we stayed with her sister for a little bit, and then the foster care system took us out of her house. Because they wanted to find us more permanent homes, I guess. And within roughly seven months, me and my sister moved to seven different foster homes all over the Penticton area in those homes, um, you know, like the first one I went to after her sister's house, I had a bunch of stuffed animals, they were like my safety, you know, I'd like put them all around me and I'd cuddle them, I think I just really needed hugs from my mom and I think I still have stuffed animals, um, and they made me get rid of all of them, but like one or two, and Uh, Mind you, I was, like, my mom died when I was nine, Um, so I would have probably been ten, roughly ten, yeah, and, sorry, it's just really tough, it's just, you know, going back and, you know, looking at the things I've gone through, the experiences I've gone through and now not just seeing them with a okay I made it through kind of like the shock of going through that has slowly like weaned away and like I've cut out like a lot of lot of people in my life lately just left right and center just a lot and you know, just really knowing what I went through and now especially I've been, you know, by myself, uh, just spending time by myself for the, since basically December. I haven't really socialized too much just because I just don't really want to share my time with people who can't reciprocate it, you know and can't reciprocate, like, friendly feelings, or just, you know, just giving a shit, you know, like, and I'm just surrounded by people that aren't really like that, like, I still have, you know, a few people in my life that I care about, and I really enjoy, but I've really just been by myself, because, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of really difficult, because, um, you know, I'm a very social person. I've always been social ever since I was little. Like, I love hanging out with people. I love talking. I love laughing. I love learning new things from conversations with people. You know, it just makes me so happy and it just makes my, like, soul just, like, light up like a million constellations. But, you know, I've learned the hard way, you know, that Those types of interactions with people who don't have the best interest for you, or don't give a shit, can cause way more damage than not talking to them or even hanging out with people like that, you know? And it's been lonely, you know, it really has. Uh, That's also why I've been researching and learning about all this kind of stuff, because you know, it kinda of fills a void of not being able to conversate with people and really get to share my ideas and learn and stuff like that. Um I mean it's been really empowering, but you know, I just it's it's an interesting place to be in, but also at the same time it's a very empowering place because it's given me the time Um, to really process everything and the things I've been learning and stuff have really given me a lot of my power back. And through that, I have had more and more confidence in really closing the door on so many people and releasing that burden and that expectation on me that's been weighing on my shoulders since I swear before I could even comprehend it. And really putting it back on the people that chose those actions, that created those consequences. That's always something that I was, I've was, i always been very frustrated with, is people that don't own up to their own actions and their own consequences. You know, I guess... I guess when you have spent a lifetime being affected by the consequences of others' actions, you really just crave this deep yearning hunger for people just to, like, own up to shit because, you know, somehow it then becomes about you because, you know, you're feeling emotional or your life feels like it's falling apart because of others' consequences to their own actions. And, you know, a lot of that time for me was literally when I was under 19. You know, in in the U.S., in some places, it's 21. So, you know, (laughs) like, I wanna, I wanna be financially stable enough that my kid can stay with me, you know, I'll have the house. They can have the basement kind of thing. I'll soundproof their bedroom if they want. So they can have girls over. Like I'm talking about like. Or boys over like. You know like. Cause like. Fuck. If I had any type of family support. Within. So I counted. I think that was six years. Yeah. Within the last six years since I turned 19. Or even fuck before that. If I had had support in my childhood to learn the things I needed to learn to survive in this world, because they're changing so much that if you're struggling just to get the basic knowledge on how to survive, then by the time you gain that knowledge, the world is already, like, so far ahead, in a sense. You know, it's like, it's only natural to be behind, you know, and and even in that sense, like, I'm I'm not behind, I just... I've had to take a little bit of a longer route and one thing I've been telling myself lately is everybody was like, oh, like if you do that or like like I wasn't going to be able to do anything. You know. And I realized it's not been a matter of if, it's been a matter of when. I just was not given the tools. I was not given the stable foundation and that's a big thing for me too. Is like As I started going through this journey, especially in the very beginning of seeing actual change in myself when I was actually putting in the work to do it, I started to open my mind up to all the possibilities of what I could do with my life. And then once I did that, and once I began to see that, I then had this really, really strong grief period of really realizing all of the beautiful things I could have accomplished sooner or been able to have more opportunities in if i had actually been raised in with a stable home and opportunities and i didn't have to worry about money or finances or if i was going to eat or family drama all this kind of stuff that i never got or i had to deal with sorry i got a little confused about where i was going with that but um that's when I saw how much my life had been impacted by it because I could finally see what I could actually create. And so for me, once I kind of realized that, you know, the work on myself then became more just about, more than just being about me. You know, it became about, okay, I'm going to chase my dreams. I'm going to accomplish what I can for me. But when it comes to having kids, I want to be able to give them that foundation. I want to be able to have enough money that if they want to go try horseback riding, they try it for two days and they're like, I don't want it. And then they want to go try like knitting or crocheting or I I don't know, just anything, you know, like I want to be able to have the financial stability to support their exploration and their dreams, you know, because I spent years having all these different dreams of what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do, but because I didn't have any opportunity or any stability or any foundation, let alone the abuse that was going on, um, there was only in my mind that I could think of those dreams. It was only in my mind that I could begin to formulate what would that look like, what would I need, you know, would I even like that? You know, and it just made it really, really hard for me to figure out one dream and pin down, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. This is the steps I need to take because without the proper resources, I wasn't able to explore. Now, going through this journey I've been on of healing and working through my trauma and working towards, like, now I, because. I've been doing so much work on the mental and the emotional aspect of it and regulating and becoming, you know, even aware of just in my city. Like, you know, I've been doing really amazing, kind of living where I am has literally been like exposure therapy, you know, with all the just shitty shit I go through here. And so it's like having to regulate myself again, having to get myself calm, having myself to be able to get back to work mode, or just, you know, all these different things, and constantly being taken out of that space of calmness due to my environment, you know, made me have to work harder to get better at it, and that's the thing, is I've I've taken the time and these experiences that I've been going through, and I've been learning from them, and, you know, yes, I have these dreams and stuff, like, I I always wanted to be a figure skater, I might get into dancing maybe a little bit, but, um, with that, it then comes into my health, and I have, like, fibromyalgia, and, like, all this other stuff that just, like, is a really big block, um, but for me, like, I also have this, like, I have, I'm supposed to have, like, a special, quote, diet, um, for my allergies, but, I can't afford it. You know what I mean? And so I first wanted to work on my emotions and my mental state. You know, working through the trauma so that I can remain calm in life challenges. And now I'm solely working on building up my finances. That's the next step. And then as my finances grow, it'll work in harmony with my mental and emotional growth because that never stops. <laughs> um and then I'm hoping once my finances, which I'm hoping when this court case is over would really help me um give me a boost up to create that extra space to then continue on building my finances. But then at the same time, I'd then be able to afford um a proper diet, so I'm not allergic to food I'm eating, or not able to eat because I'm allergic to it, um, then I'd be able to move into a more safer environment, um, and um, there's just so much, so much opportunity, like, it's it's been, you know, like, I always kind of felt like I went backwards in a sense. You know, like I was always like taught like just like, you know, I'd get told when you go to work, you leave your home stuff at home and just work at work. And I couldn't do that because I get so triggered at work um, that I just I I couldn't function. You know, I become so depressed just by one trigger. And then on top of that, there's all the pressure and bullying I, I received from the people who adopted me regarding being a failure that just compounds it. So, you know, my kind of breaking away in the fuck you moment to them was being just really not doing any work like for a company. Um and not only that, I've had some crazy company experiences. Um and so I just maybe I'll start like doing like story time videos or something on YouTube. I have counselor experiences, um, doctor experiences, job experiences, foster home experiences, all of it. Maybe I might start doing that, but um, what's it called? Sorry, I was starting to lose my thought there for a second. Got really excited. I I will be probably doing that. I'm probably going to make a small audio recording afterwards to remind myself of that. But um, the moral of the story is, is I kept hitting a brick wall whenever I would try to go out and get a job. Um, and due to me being so traumatized. Um, and mind you, the times that I've actually gone for work have been when I've been in traumatic environments. Um, and so just like last year, like, uh, follow last year kind of um I actually had an interview for a place locally here and I was so excited they basically we'd gotten through the interview and they were telling me that um that I was gonna come do some practice shifts and then they asked the dreaded question of if I'm vaccinated and I said I'm not and basically yeah I didn't get the job so that was kind of ironic for me because you know instead of forcing myself to go out and work and be severely traumatized and re-traumatizing myself and i mean i couldn't i couldn't even contain those emotions they were so intense that um basically for me when i finally had done the work and i finally was like okay You know, I'm ready to, like, work a couple days here and there and stuff like that. I went out there and basically, with the COVID vaccine thing, I was fucked. So, um, it was kind of ironic for me. And so, at that point in time, I'd still been doing my podcast. And, you know, I'd always thought of, like, you know, making my podcast, putting it on YouTube and having two ads or whatever. Um and i I'd, ar- I'd already been trying to write my book about my life too um for quite a while and i just couldn't do it um until i finally did it in like the winter time that this recent year and um that went up and that was doing like i still haven't gotten anybody to buy it yet which i'm super not worried about like i know when the time is right it'll start happening but yeah oh, sorry, that was a hiccup, um, but basically, so then, when, I think it was the, yeah, last month, uh, around the beginning of the month, I got told that, like, I was in the conversation with my lawyer, and my lawyer basically told me to take down my podcast, I told her I didn't want to, but then I was like, fuck, you know, I might as well, like, I don't want to, you know, screw up my process, even though it should already be, like, fully in the bucket, because we got the proof, but, um, yeah, and so, what happened is I became really sad, (laughs) um, because right before that, too, I had just gotten in this, like, full-on, like, working mode, like, I got in this nice little schedule, I was getting up early, I was, sitting at my computer in the morning and the sun was coming in the window and it was just so beautiful and I was so happy and then I had to take it down and then um then I got you know really emotional and um I didn't realize how much it had impacted me until, I think it was, a, like, only, like, maybe a few days afterwards. Um, and, I mean, mind you, I'd never had this sidekick before. So, you know, I didn't know it was going to make me have such a severe allergic reaction. Um, but what happened is, you know, I I've put up a video about this, but, like, my lips and my tongue like swelled up, took some allergy pills, slept for twelve hours, woke up, found out that I literally had seven hours to get an epi pen shot, otherwise I would die. Um yeah, I got a nice little talking to by eight one one the nurse. <laughs> so I took it seriously. Um and just like going through that and really thinking about how you only have seven hours and you know, I started to kind of, like, as I was, like, on my way to the hospital and stuff, you know, you start thinking about life. And especially for me, too, because, like, I've I've honestly, like, really struggled with hospitals and stuff and, like, going to the doctors because I've had such shitty experiences. But I still go, but, um, the hospital especially, because I have a lot of, like, shame from being taken to the hospital a lot as a teenager. So, um... So, yeah, that you know, after that, like i i i I don't think I had the epiphany for until I went to the hospital the second time the week later um, uh yeah, I went to the hospital again, um I'd gotten really stoned, and I was so terrified that the epinephrine had made me severely constipated because I had a I blacked out like 2 years ago from something similar to that. And um I had to go to the hospital and I was so terrified. Um it was the first time I would ever really gone to the hospital stoned. So very very interesting experience, but um Yeah, like I was terrified. Like I was literally almost blacking out. Like <laughs> I was debate I remember debating with myself cuz this happens every time because you know like like I said, with the experiences, like the people who adopted me would literally call an ambulance for me every time I felt suicidal or just upset in general. And then they basically told me how shitty I was when they literally could have just driven me to the fucking hospital, you know, instead of making me feel like I'm a burden to society. And, you know, so now whenever I do need to call 911 for an ambulance, I deal with a lot of shame and I deal with, not feeling like I'm worthy enough or that I'm just a burden. So, you know, that's also why I didn't go to the hospital when I had that really severe allergic reaction when my tongue my lips felled up. Because I thought that I could just handle it by myself. Um, I didn't want to burden nine one one and you know, with everything going on, you know, <laughs> but after getting that stern talking to by the nurse on the one one and really realizing the real-life consequences of not going to the hospital that day, um, you know, it really, really made it, like, I need to face this shame, and so the week later when I was literally, like, um, I think I, I'm pretty sure I was throwing up too. Like I was, oh yeah, I remember I was, yeah, I was throwing up. I was just, oh my God, like I was, I wasn't doing too good. And um, I just remember like, like I was sitting on the toilet, whatever. But like, I just remember just like my eyelashes and my eyelids just kind of like fluttering and just like the whole world kind of like, just like, I, I've only fainted once in my life, and I had a mini-seizure when it happened. Um, I just remember, because as I was coming back from fainting, I was convulsing on the floor, and that, that was what had happened um, the in 2020, and I thought that's what had happened. Um, I thought it was like a earlier stage, kind of, um, but they x-rayed me, and I was fine. Um, but as i was like literally feeling like i was passing out i just kept thinking to myself i need to call 911 but then i was like i don't know if i should you know like you know maybe maybe i'll be fine but then i just started to get so weak and even when i was on the phone with 911 i i could barely breathe and i was struggling to talk and i just kept throwing up and it was it was just so embarrassing and you know then when the paramedics show up like I thankfully after throwing up and stuff and after calling them like um I don't know if maybe just the anxiety went down but I was still like feeling like I was gonna pass out but I was like okay Angela you're going to the hospital what do you need you know and just trying to think about like getting my shit together, you know, getting on a warm coat, just cozy pants, whatever. And um, I went to the hospital, and even when the paramedics showed up, like, you know, I, I feel such an immense guilt for calling them. And even when I'm at the hospital, like, I just, you know, I feel like I'm not meant to be here. You know, like, there's so many other people that need it more than me, or, you know, I'm just a hypochondriac or all that kind of stuff. Um, just years and years, like my ex, the one who would lock me in his room, um, I I was dealing with a lot of health problems from going off the depot. And he- anytime I brought up anything health related, he called me a hypochondriac. And um, you know, I was always trying to call nine eight one one, not nine one one eight one one, I was just a nurse's line um just cuz i always had really shitty family doctors at that time <laughs> oh man it was just a gong show of my life just all of it but you know i'm glad that you know i called 911 the second time too like i called 811 the first time with actual allergic reaction because I still felt swollen and stuff, and apparently the ant- antihistamines were just kind of keeping it at bay. Uh, but once they wore off, and the thing with me is, like, I know I talked about this in my other video, my other uh, recording, but I um medication pretty quickly, um, and so I was really worried with that. But, um, yeah, this i guess i don't know it's just been a while since i've had an episode that just you know started off as one thing and kind of morphed into another um i really enjoy these types of episodes because i feel like i really am able just to really connect with the topic and it's been a while since i've gotten one recording all at once it's 51 minutes and Lately, I've just been doing part ones and part twos and like, hey, guys, welcome back. And um yeah, I just I really want to thank you guys all for being here and for listening. And, you know, if if anything that I ever say or ever talk about, especially when it comes to my life experiences, um if you connect with that in any way and. It helps you to know that you're not alone. You know, I really appreciate that because I know what it's like to not really find anyone who can kind of relate. And you know, like I used to, I personally used to get really frustrated <laughs> um, with trying to make friends because I would connect with people who I could relate with one or the two, one or two traumas with. Um, but with me, everything's always been like a interconnected kind of thing. So it's you know one trauma impacted the other, and how I reacted, and how I still feel about it, and you know the connections of all of them together, and you know the impact. It's 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 really difficult to find um, people like that. Um, like I've I've never met anyone I could fully connect with all my traumas with, not, you know, I would never pray that upon anybody, and, you know, that's, that's another thing that, like, when it comes to this, like, I mean, I used to ask myself, like, how am I still a good person after all of this, um, and the one thing that comes to mind, and has always kind of been at the core of me is I would never ever ever wish anyone to go through even a fraction of what I've gone through or the situations that I've gone through or the way I've felt um or the abuse I've gone through it's not okay and I'm hoping sharing my story will open people's eyes either people who have not gone through similar things or that have to the fact that it's not okay and it's not your fault and it's time that we start changing this world for the better and honestly I if I were to summarize like even with myself this has been difficult it's always been very hard for me to just have like one concrete like okay this is why kind of thing but If I were to just pick one thing as to why I've done my best to be a really good person and why I've had such crazy morals that drives me insane, I literally felt like a nun sometimes. (laughs) It's because I know what it feels like and... I would never, ever, ever want to do that to someone else. And don't get me wrong, like I said, and I want to always reiterate, there have been times in my younger years where maybe I wasn't the nicest person or when I was standing up for a friend or something. You know, I do have a very sharp tongue. (laughs) Um, I'm very, very good with my words. And, you know, because... Like, yeah. I just... I care about everybody But it gets very very frustrating When you're up against people That don't give a shit And That they're just so sucked up In their own lives and their own ego That they aren't willing to look at the damage They're causing to those around them And I am going to leave this episode here Thank you And I really enjoyed talking to you Sorry I got the hiccups coming on and I'm about to hop in the shower and get ready and go down to the wolf, Go for the river for a bit because it's, uh, what time is it? 4.12? Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, it's 4, it's 5.09 actually, so got an hour till sunset. So, I love you guys. Thank you so much and I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye!